You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Neil. I'm sitting across from Ken and Jeff with uh, new mic arms from Rode. Yeah. So look. Not I can from them. We bought them. Look and listen. I can move <laughs> it around and there's not, not too much noise. Yeah. And uh, this cool. this is all made special by our patrons. So thank you to all of our patrons at uh, patreon.com slash triviality podcast. The, uh, the quickest uh, plug that we've ever had on the show within yeah. the first 30 seconds. I don't have thank any you road all of our gear patrons. over here. My gear is Amazon special cheap versions of that. Well, we, we have it for you. We, we have it here studio. for you. Yeah, it's in the studio. We weren't going to buy you a second pair. Oh, okay. So you just have to move. You have to leave. Again, I keep moving. <laughs> yes. I'm tired of moving. I can't pack anymore. I'm out of boxes. Well, I'm we have a very special game for you today. I know we, we always say that, but this is a specially uh, picked game, specially uh, put together game. Um, curated, if you Curated, will. thank you. That was the word I was looking for. Um, so we're very excited to talk about today's game. So first, we'll introduce uh, an Oakland Five member on Patreon. They chose the executive producer level on Patreon, which means that you can basically produce, executive produce, your own game, whatever you want it to be, the theme, you want it to be two-on-two, uh, two, whatever, whoever you want to play with. Um Anything you really want to do for an episode, and, and we help uh, facilitate that for you. And uh, our special guest, uh, Brooke, chose to have a music-themed game uh, that we'll get to in just a minute with our special host. But let's introduce from Plymouth, Michigan, uh, a Oaken 5 supporter on Patreon, Brooke DeVries. How are you, Brooke? I'm doing great. So excited to be here. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you for uh, signing up to be on the show and to put this game together. Um, let's talk a little bit about yourself, and then we'll introduce uh, your special uh, guest uh, competitor uh, next to you. Sure. Um, let's see. Well, um, I like to geocache. That's uh, probably my favorite hobby. Love geocaching. Love reading. And music is probably my favorite thing in this whole world, hence the music topic. Um, I thought I would stick broad to the topic because if it was too specific to music, I'd try to study it and it would, like, you know, but with music in general, that's such a, such like a broad category. I thought it'd be good. It could be anything. So it's going to be 20 uh, questions about the movie Tar. Music is the pizza of art. Music is true. (laughs) I love that. Um, Yeah, it sure is. But we're making however you want and everybody likes it. We're so excited that you wanted to plan this game and you wanted to bring along your friend, Paige Nolan. How Mm -hmm. are you, Paige? Good. How are you? Good. And tell us a little bit about you. Um, I am a wife and mother of four. I'm a handicapped caregiver. 
Um, I enjoy nice. reading and uh, art. Wonderful. Love it. And uh, and how long have you been listening to the show, uh, Brooke? I know you, you joined Patreon not too long ago, but have you been listening for a while? Yeah, I would say maybe two years. Oh, time is weird. I'm so bad at time. Maybe a year and a half ago, I started listening. Okay. And I'm nice. still like where I started at the beginning and I'm still working my way through all the episodes. And they're so. started at the beginning and stayed with us. Yeah, and she's still listening. That's Bless awesome. <laughs> and she also yeah. believes Godzilla is a dog. The new world. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Uh, well, we're going to have to introduce you to our friend Earl Baum, uh, <laughs> Master Geocacher, um, who did a geocaching game recently. Yeah, um, oh, that you back. haven't gotten to yet. That's right, because you haven't. Oh you started gosh, from the beginning. A geocaching one. There was. So uh, we'll give you that number afterwards, and then oh. you can reach out to Earl. He's always around the the country in the in the earth geocaching. But uh, we have a special guest host today. Uh, you know her, you love her from uh, Saint Petersburg, Florida. Savage superstar on Patreon and Putnam. Thanks for coming back. I'm back, baby. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, for people who may, might not remember your last appearance, uh, just remind us about yourself. Uh, yeah, I'm from St. Petersburg, Florida. It is a balmy 75 outside. I'm so sorry, everyone else on this call. Um, and the last time I was on, it was a ton of fun. And Ken left in my innuendo that I accidentally said. So I'm getting ready for this game to be <laughs> not not edited. Um and yes, I'm an avid geocacher. Okay, first off, people our age don't geocache. So that's incredible <laughs> that we're both Tell geocachers. And like, I was literally going to give a shout out to Earl as my like, thank you for the month ago that you did that. So that is just crazy. I'm, I'm glad you guys uh, have found this in common. I hope you haven't uh, conspired <laughs> on these questions, though. Right. Little yeah, did right. you know, <laughs> this is a musical geocaching game. <laughs> <laughs> well, now they can they can partner together. Um, oh, well, so we. I'm out. Uh, Bye, guys. I'll let uh, Brooke describe <laughs> yeah. it. And how did you want to have this game? As far as the competitors concerned, do you want to explain uh, what you chose? Um, as far as who's on what, whose team? Yep. Yeah, you wanted to do a three on three. Yeah, I wanted everyone to be involved because, you know, it's a party. I want it's everyone more fun to be that way and participating. And then um, for who is on the teams, I couldn't decide because. How can I decide just one? So I asked Paige to pick one, and I just said, pick a name that you like, and she picked Ken. And so now Ken Thank has you. to, uh, un unfortunately, maybe for him, depending on how we do, be on our team. <laughs> so. Oh, it's unfortunate for you. Uh, I'll do my best, but uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Ken, we decided, the has the strongest name, though, So before the <laughs> recording. So it was a good choice. Yeah. Very good choice. And uh, we had you pick a team name, and I believe you said that you are a huge fan of Rob Thomas at Matchbox 20. Uh, and I believe you're going to be Rob Thomas, the tank engine today. Yes, absolutely. I can't believe you. That was, I could not have come up with a more perfect name. <laughs> that's why we, uh, that's, that's why we do this is we sit in a room in a dark room for hours just to come up with cool team Thinking names. Puns, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's what we need. I think what happens is we take about 30 seconds right at the start, try and make a quick joke. And then it's usually something stupid. And then once in a while, it's really good. <laughs> yeah. Right. Speaking uh, of really good. What were you guys? Sir Topham Foghat. That was all for, Matt. For Matt, Jeff, and Neil. Yeah. Sir, was it Sir Topham Foghat? That was all Matt? Is that what you said? Yeah, it was all Matt. Was it? Or is that you? That was me. Matt said nothing about that. Yeah. Oh, I'm rewriting I history. It was all it. Matt. Yeah. That all right. was all Congratulations, Matt. I said Let's nothing. Let's get the rules for this game. <laughs> 
The rules of the game are simple. 20 questions split into two rounds worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host. After regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager 0 to 30 points on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. I'm talking about all the way to the top. Yeah! <laughs> All right, thank you to Darren as per usual. Um, let's get to the game. And you want to take it away and we'll start answering questions. Awesome. As it was previously said, it is an all music game, but it is a special game. And I've made groups of questions that live under a common category. So there's still going to be 10 questions each round with a halftime and final five, but each half will be broken down with a few questions under the same category. And I'll just let you know when a new category is introduced. So your first okay. category is in trains named after Rob Thomas. They, I'm just kidding. Sorry. Wow. Your first category with, <laughs> with three questions, they are going to be in music theory. So music theory, the study mm -hmm. and practice of music. So we're trying to make it as well-rounded as I could. Number one. There are multiple time signatures one can choose to use, but the majority of music, not just rock, pop, and electronic, are in what time signature, the most common in Western music? I think we can yeah. lock in, Matt. Yeah. yeah, we're locked in over here. Uh, ladies, how do you feel about this one? Uh, good. I do. <laughs> not, not good? That's that. I feel good yeah. as well. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. Yeah, so I was thinking 4-4. Four, four. Yes, me too. Okay. Yeah. Right. Then, yeah. That's, yeah. That sounds she like trusts us. <laughs> uh, yeah, we we agree. We think it's 4-4 over here. 6 out of 6 with 4-4. Four, four. Excellent. That's right. I started off nice and gentle. If you play music, these should be pretty um relatively easy, but if you haven't picked up an instrument, they might be kind of hard. But 4-4 four, four, time is the most common. Second most common could be considered like 3/4 time, which is like baroque and waltz i think waltzes so, little waltz yeah. typically yeah i think that everything one, bop, else is bop, yeah pretty much four four and then it gets very rare on different time signatures number two an octave is an interval between two notes where the second note has twice the frequency of the first note an octave is divided into how many equal half steps or semitones ah again yeah, I think it, I think we have a full agreement over on uh, what is our team name, Sir Topham Foghat. So we're gonna lock in. <laughs> All right, I have a I have a pretty good idea on this one as well. Uh, so what really what we're looking for is a chromatic scale. Uh, I think there's thirteen, if I'm not uh, mistaken, because if you think about a piano, so you'd get the the five black keys and along with the eight white keys. Does that make sense? Oh. Mm -hmm. Wow, yeah, <laughs> that does make sense. I yeah. I have no idea. I was just gonna say eight because of OCT active, but that's probably <laughs> not okay. A thirteen yeah, song. Right. Sounds okay. good. We'll say thirteen. We went with just the eight. It's actually twelve. There are twelve oh. intervals between two notes. Oh, because because I counted the I counted the the one twice. Yep. Yeah. Oh, whoops. So, but no, you were on the right track. You were exactly right. You were on the right track. You were better than us. <laughs> it's a regular dozen, not a baker's dozen. That was your problem. 
This is your mm-hmm. third and final question in music theory. And I think this is the hardest one. So it's helpful if you play an instrument. Of the seven major key signatures, F, G, C, D, A, E, and B, which one has four sharps in it? I don't think we'll be texting each other the right answer at the same time. I don't uh, think Jeff, so. Jeff may know this because he played uh, saxophone for quite a long time. Mm. Yeah, I was just a, a lowly percussionist that tried not to play anything with music notes. So <laughs> yeah, stayed away from the marimba. I, the only reason I ever practiced really, really hard, I told this to a student at, at the school the other day. I said, the only reason I practiced really hard is so I could get first chair and never have to play marimba. So, yeah, so we're we're just going to have to take a guess on this one. Um, like uh, Neil was explaining, uh, I kind of was a drummer, too, and I stayed off of the, the noted instruments. So <laughs> yeah. um, if you can imagine running a scale, some of them you'd hit the black keys on and some some of them you wouldn't hit the black keys so for example c is just all white keys but i'm not sure which one that is so let's say d on a whim d okay that okay. sounds good tenacious and like. we guessed uh e i believe the ones in question would be f sharp c sharp g sharp and a sharp jeff's exactly right and now i really want a photo of him with a saxophone <laughs> his youth would be great as one of uh, just random discord posts let's do that but it is e major e major that. is the <laughs> is mm-hmm. the answer i think we got we got a photo of you marching in a parade or something probably yeah when, we could try Jeff find was it. on arsenio we all remember <laughs> <laughs> moving on from mu- music theory we're going into our second category grouping which is going to be three questions in broadway musicals Number one, what Broadway musical premiering in 2015 and based off a film featured the first all-female production team in Broadway history, made up of director, composer, lyricist, book adapter, and choreographer? They were recognized by the Clinton Foundation with a hashtag ceiling breaker campaign that distributed free tickets. Looks like Neil is pretty confident here. Are you guys going to be locking in? Yep, uh, we are going to lock in. Uh, had a chance to see this in Chicago, so I'm pretty sure uh, we're on the right track. We're going to lock in. Okay, you guys have any initial ideas? Not one. Um, I am not. I know nothing about musicals. Is, it, is Hairspray is a musical or Lay yes. I don't know. <laughs> those are musicals. You are too a little, too. little, little too early on those. I would, I would think. Okay. Um, Neil might have tipped us off a little bit when he said, I, "I've seen it in Chicago because the musical Six began in Chicago and then moved to Broadway." Six. Um, That's I was also thinking. Six. It's okay. not really based on a movie, um, oh. but what about Beetlejuice? Beetlejuice has men in it, though. Was it an all-female? Wait, it's not an all-female cast, but an all-female production crew. Okay, gotcha. Um, yeah, sure. <laughs> all right, we'll say Beetlejuice because I can't think of a six mm. movie. Six. Sense. Yeah, so uh, Beetlejuice. Oh. <laughs> Beetlejuice is uh, uh, director of Moulin Rouge, Alex Timbers. Uh, it's a good show, though. Um, this one is based on an independent movie. Uh, and the independent movie starred Carrie Russell, and mm-hmm. this movie, uh, or excuse me, musical with book uh, and lyrics, all that stuff by uh, Sarah Bareilles is Waitress, I believe. Oh, that's it. Even though Six is a fantastic show, I just saw that Waitress is your answer for an all-female production team. That's pretty cool. It's good to good to know. 
and a lot and a lot of the cast was females too so they're they're a good show number two did she start her contract by saying i'm gonna write you a musical (laughs) she should have Ooh, number two trey parker and matt stone were inspired to write the book of mormon after seeing what other broadway musical in 2003 they enlisted co-writer robert Lopez to help with their musical about Mormons, who admitted that it was full circle since he co-wrote the Tony Award-winning musical in question after seeing South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut, and wanted to meet that level of satirical writing. Yep, uh, we can lock in on this one. I believe Matt has always wanted to be one of these characters, um, and uh, that's why we're going to lock in. <laughs> Are you guys uh, familiar with, uh, with, with this answer? No, 0%. Okay. So uh, something you should know about Anne is she's a fan of Muppets. (laughs) Supplies to you, too. Did you prepare yourself? (laughs) Do you know know any musicals with, like, Muppets or puppets? I guess they're non-copyrighted Muppets. Maybe some naughty naughty Muppets. Some naughty Muppets. (laughs) Um, Live on a street. They have a very clear idea about what the purpose of the internet is. Made it to us yet. So yeah, this is uh, Avenue Q, I believe. It yep. sure uh, is. That sounds good. Never heard of it, so it's probably a good. <laughs> oh, it's very good. I have you should... I have a lot to learn about musicals. You guys are inspiring me to like branch. Don't out. start with this one. Maybe start with a, a tradition. No, no, I start this one. It's very. They're all very dirty characters. It's a lot of fun. So check out Avenue Q. That's what we locked in with as well. That's absolutely correct. It's Avenue Q. And Robert Lopez is actually the composer that went on to do Let It Go for Frozen. He has an EGOT, and he's still only like 40-something. So, um, Along with his uh, partner now. Do you know yeah. her name? Uh, yeah, Lopez and... Yeah, what's his wife's name, his partner? Um, oh, boy. Sure. She's, she does the music as well. Um, well, we'll, uh, we'll get back to you. Yeah, but if you should check out Avenue Q because there's a great song that you you love called "Everyone's a Little Bit Racist." Um, Chris, uh, Kristen Anderson Lopez, thank yeah. you, co-songwriter. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. They live in a very rent style of, like co-op that is run by Gary Oldman. I want to say, is that wow. is that their landlord? <laughs> <laughs> Number three. What musical premiered on Broadway in 1975 and is based off a 1926 play about actual criminals Beulah Annan and Belva Gartner, written by the reporter who was assigned to cover the trials. It also holds the record for longest-running musical revival. So uh, I think there's a little bit of home cooking uh, based on the podcast location going on in this one. Any idea? There was a very famous movie also. Oscar winner. Catherine Zeta-Jones. <laughs> Renee Zellweger. Richard Gere. Queen Sears Latifah. Oh. <laughs> John C. Riley. <laughs> Is he also in that? Yeah. Are you really? It's Mr. Sullivan. Can you really anybody this? else in the movie? Did you bring up the IMDb for this? <laughs> no. Neil <laughs> is the are. IMDb for this. <laughs> I'm trying to think of who else is in that movie. I think that's it. Yeah, that's, that's everybody. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it's uh, Chicago. Oh, <laughs> yes. Okay. I When you said that it was like a location-based thing, I I was thinking Chicago, and then it just kind of went, woo. And... That's okay. 
good choice good choice i yeah. uh <laughs> rob marshall classic yeah yeah we're, we're gonna uh, agree we're gonna say it's chicago it is chicago little did you know there were actually very pretty murderers in the late 20s <laughs> <laughs> that, that this was inspired inspiration for the musical chicago so that's the end of that's our really fun questions show. and uh and uh your fiance colleen put on a, an amazing high school production of that oh i'll tell you said that she'll appreciate that yeah i've told her many times that it was uh, mind-blowing Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, she's it's even bigger this year with Grease, so hopefully it'll be just as good. Yeah. Uh, and that's so after six, basically, which is kind of like our top five, uh, our scores right now are Rob Thomas, the tank engine with his beautiful hair uh, with 30, and then uh, Sir Topham Foghat with 50. Good start, guys. Yeah, mm-hmm. thanks for uh, pulling us along, yeah, Ken. We're gonna, I promise we'll put in our weight somewhere. We'll get there. <laughs> There's going to be a category here. You guys are going to freak The pop out and rock, and I'm going to fall right off. <laughs> so we're closing out the Broadway musical category, moving on to the third category of the first half. Three questions are in Disney musicals. And I will mm. read them as Mickey Mouse. I'm just kidding. No. Uh, no. Oh, oh, boy. Goofy. Oh, that was. <laughs> yeah, Encanto. Jeez, number one. Encanto took home three Grammys at the 2023 ceremony, yet We Don't Talk About Bruno was not even nominated for Song of the Year. What is the only song from a Disney movie that has won for Song of the Year category? Song of the Year is one of the four most prestigious categories of the Grammys, and it is given to the songwriter for lyrics or melodies. In this case, Alan Menken and Tim Rice accepted. They beat out Meatloaf's I Would Do Anything for Love and Billy Joel's River of Dreams. So all of us here at uh, Sir Topham Foghat, uh, we thought it was from a certain film, and we think it's in the right time period, so we picked what we think might be the most famous song from that movie, and we're going to lock in with it. All right, so we got a big hint here with Tim Rice. Um, I believe he did the music partially for Tarzan, along with Phil Collins. Yeah, more, okay, that's what I was thinking. More importantly, uh, Lion King, I believe. Yes. That we I literally, that's, right. that's, yeah. Which uh, one did you pick, though? Well, let's, let's, let's talk about it. Um, <laughs> so I think it's from Lion King. Um, I think Elton John probably would have been credited for Circle of Life. I'm thinking maybe it's Hakuna Matata. Oh, that's such a good song. Okay. Well, I have no idea which one it is, but Hakuna Matata is my favorite song from The Lion <laughs> King. So I kind of want to go with that and hope that that's true. Mm. That's the one. Okay. Um, All right. We'll say uh, Hakuna Matata then. Mm. So this one, I I think the reason that we all agreed on it, uh, we also think it's from The Lion King, and we wrote down a bunch of different songs. But this one, I believe, was on MTV or VH1 all the time. It had a music video with Elton John singing solo, and we just figured if it's on a music video that long, it must be pretty popular. So we said, can you feel the love tonight? Okay. Um, so this song that was nominated was actually sung by Peebo Bryson and Regina Bell on the radio as well and shot into like number two, I want to say, for a couple weeks. And Alan Menken and Tim Rice wrote A Whole New World from Aladdin. Oh, that is the only winner of oh, Song of the Year because it was known oh, outside of you. the Disney movies and on the radio as well. Although Matt um, had it, he, that was the first thing he texted. That song, that song was huge. I just want to point out that Tim Rice 
uh, apparently won the Oscar for that song and for Can You Feel the Love Tonight and was also nominated for Circle of Life and Hakuna Matata. So good to know. that, that tells know. you how good those two movies were musically. Number two in your Disney musicals category, Fantasia was Walt Disney's third film. It was a series of eight animated segments conducted by Leopold Stokowski. What is the name of the eight-minute symphonic poem originally composed by Paul Dukas in 1897 that features Mickey in the segment? So if we're talking about Fantasia and Mickey, you guys remember the, the part of Fantasia with Mickey in it? Mm-hmm. I don't, but it's like the beginning where he's sweeping in the magic broom. And they keep splitting. Yeah. So he in that is specifically a sorcerer's apprentice. And I think that segment is called the sorcerer's apprentice. I think so. widely known as a future Nick Cage movie. Now that you say that, that sounds <laughs> very correct. Widely known. <laughs> so I think we should go with the sorcerer's apprentice. Let's do it. Yeah. Love it. We think that a lead singer from a certain band, um, you know, ripped off Fantasia, and we think this was Mad Season. Uh, Fantasia featured a symphonic poem that has Mickey and brooms, and he takes the sorcerer's hat from Yeznid, as Jeff mentioned. The wizard's name is Disney backwards, and that is called The Sorcerer's Apprentice. And it has a very, it's a very graphic <laughs> scene of the shadow of Mickey going and like murdering a broom with an axe. So if you haven't seen this segment, it's it is really beautiful until like the murder happens. But yes, that is called the Sorcerer's Apprentice. And the the brooms are sentient, so it's it's Mickey is always happy unless you just cross him, and then you know it gets real <laughs> dark. Steamboat Willie has slit a throat or two this day. <laughs> Why do you think Walt Disney just disappeared all of a sudden? It's Mickey. Number three. (laughs) I am going to give you four Disney princesses and four vocal artists who provided their singing voices in the theatrical release. I want you to match the princess to the voice. So your voices are Mandy Moore, Jody Benson, Paige O'Hara, Leah Salonga, and your princesses are Mulan, Rapunzel, Belle, and Ariel. So I'm not um, positive on all of these. I'm pretty sure Mandy Moore was Rapunzel, and the timeline makes more sense for that. That's what Let's I Let's say Leia Salonga for Mulan, and then the other two, I'm not sure. Okay, <laughs> struggling. <laughs> okay, so we'll, Jody, we're going to say goes to... <laughs> Ariel. Okay. And then Paige's Bell. Okay. And then Leia Salonga for Milan and then Mandy yeah. Moore for Rapunzel. Yes. Okay. Uh yeah, we, we feel the same. Uh Leia for Mulan, Mandy for Rapunzel, Jody for Little Mermaid, and Paige for Beauty and the Beast. That is correct. And Leia actually did the Yay. singing voice for Jasmine as well. So she's done more than oh, one princess. Wow. So if you ever get that question. That's that's who did two singing voices. I will not remember that. Great. <laughs> and speaking of uh, Broadway, she was great in Miss Saigon, too, if there's ever a Broadway connection to that question. She played the helicopter. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Closing out your Disney musicals, your final category in the first round is going to be in classical music. 
In the Shawshank Redemption, Andy Dufresne is punished for playing what comic Mozart opera in the prison loudspeakers? The opera also opens the doors for Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory that Doris TV incorrectly claims is Rachmaninoff, and it helps King George VI overcome his stammer in the King's Speech. I'm looking for Mozart's title to that opera. Okay, so here's a comprehensive list of Mozart operas, uh, The Magic Flute, and now I'm out. Um, so I hope yeah. it's so it's less a comprehensive list and the one thing you know. <laughs> um, yeah, I think we should just go with uh, whatever whatever you think. Because <laughs> I, okay. could you know what the name is? No. Yeah. Paige is a huge <laughs> Mozart fan. That's why I'm surprised yeah. you're not talking right now. So we'll we'll go ahead and say the magic flute then, and I hope that's right. Magic flute is is, is good. Uh, Mozart, the Taylor Swift of his time. Um, we locked in with the Marriage of Figaro. Mm. I mean, the Magic Flute is a Mozart piece, so you did get that. But Marriage of Figaro is the opera that is incorrectly claimed as Rachmaninoff. At the end of the first round, it looks like Team Rob Thomas the Tank Engine with 50 points, uh, a great score, and just uh, narrowly chugging along. Ahead, chugging, chugging along, exactly. And just narrowly in front of them are uh, Sir Topham Fawcett with 70, so it's still anyone's game. Okay. Uh, and before we get to the swing round, uh, we just had a little special uh, message for our listeners uh, from our, our friends at Airwave. So um, just wanted to say that for the next two months, uh, Airwave is going to be conducting a listener survey to help us get to know you, your interests, and what you think of the show. Yeah, please support us um, by taking our short questionnaire at surveymonkey.com slash r slash airwave. only takes a couple minutes, and your feedback will help us improve the show, find new sponsors who are interesting to you guys, the listeners, and uh, there's a place to tell us anything uh, you want to tell us at the end. As our way of saying thank you, you'll be entered to win a $500 Amazon gift card. Again, that's surveymonkey.com slash r slash airwave, or click the link in our episode notes after you listen to the show. Let's get on to the swing round. Okay, your swing round will be 10 opening line lyrics to popular songs. I'm going to group them by two from each decade. So I'm going to give you the decade, and then I'm going to give you the opening line of the song, and you need to give me the title of the song. Sound good? You ain't nothing but a hound dog. Shoot. And now, hold on, I have to rewrite (laughs) this one. (laughs) 1960s is the decade that we start with, and like I said, if anybody needs the text sent in the chat, I'm happy to do that. 1960s is the decade we start with. There must be some way out of here, said the Joker to the thief. Number two, people try to put us down just because we get around. Moving on to the decade for the 70s. Number three, I am just a poor boy, though my story is seldom told. Number four, well, I don't know why I came here tonight. I got a feeling that something ain't right. Moving on to the decade of the 80s. I guess I should have known by the way you parked your car sideways. Number six, you put the boom boom into my heart. Moving on to the 90s. Number seven, in the time of chimpanzees, I was a monkey. Number eight, what's with these homies dissing my girl? The 2000s. Number nine. 
I want to hold them like they do in Texas, please. And number 10, am I more than you bargained for yet? All right, those are our questions, and we'll be right back. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw. <gasps> Ava, she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she... Or she, call the police. Or call the police like she should have, exactly. <laughs> What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. We are now back from our deliberations. Let's have the lyrics one more time and see how we did. Okay, so 10 opening lyrics to popular songs, and I grouped them to each decade. So in the 60s, there must be some kind of way out of here, said the Joker to the thief. All right, this one popped into my head, uh, I think, and I think it's all along the Watchtower. Which way did you hear it first? Was it Bob or Jimmy? Jimmy. Yeah, that makes sense. We also said all along the Watchtower. That is correct. And I hear Bob, actually. Yeah, but okay. Yeah, that was Bob. But that is correct. It's all along the watchtower. We out of here. Exactly. That's why. The only lyric I know from the song. There you go. Your second one is: People try to put us down just because we get around. This was the one that was scratching at the edge of my brain the worst, and I just couldn't come up with it. So we have to pass. Yeah, and i um, big fan of The Who, so uh, I knew this was my generation. That's who you were t -t talking about. P -p -p People try. J -j 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 -j. Yep, that is my generation. That song. 1970s. I think this is one of the harder ones. I am just a poor boy, though my story seldom's told. Um, what do you think it's Simon and Garfunkel, the boxer? Yeah. Absolutely. We agree. We said The Boxer by Simon and Garfunkel. And actually, Mumford and Sons did a decent cover of this, but it is they The did. Boxer. Really? Uh -huh. 
I have to listen to that. No, you don't. Ironically, that was my favorite band <laughs> four to twelve. Like as soon as music was a thing as a toddler, it was Simon and Garfunkel. Oh, I just aged thirty years. That's amazing. They're great. <laughs> Did you have a huge crush on Paul Simon? Oh, it was Garfunkel. Who was Garfunkel? It's the hair. Oh. Every time I hear Paul Simon, I'm slip sliding away. If you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, your second one in the 1970s. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. I got a feeling that something ain't right. Yeah, this one is uh, Steeler's Wheel, uh, made famous by Reservoir Dogs again, uh, and uh, Stuck in the Middle. Yeah, we said Stuck in the Middle with you. With you. By Steeler's Wheel. In parentheses. Wheel. Yes, the of course, very important. Yeah. And the one-eared, stuck in the middle with you. 1990s decade. I guess I should have known by the way you parked your car sideways. You know what? I'm just going to say Tom's Diner because I don't know. We thought this was a uh, a Prince joint. We said Little Red Corvette. I feel like if I had, I guess I should have known. And then, uh, yeah, that's Little Red <laughs> yeah. Corvette. Because yeah. th- that we wouldn't last is the, next, is the next line. But that's Little Red Corvette, the way that starts. This... What was your Prince impression there? Uh, uh. No, we don't need to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Pancakes. That should be on our soundboard. Just all of a sudden, just hit. <laughs> is it me or is it Prince? I I vote Prince doing it. Who can tell the difference? Spot on impression. Been working on that for years. The second '80s lyric is the worst earworm until the end. Is you put the boom boom into my heart. I couldn't I couldn't place this one, so we, we had to tap on this one. Uh this is um Wham. Wake me boom, up boom, before you go. go. Yeah. Oh, oh, when you say it like that. Yeah, I know. It's yeah, a lot easier, sing right? Like a melody. <laughs> That's it. That is Wake Me Up Before You Go Go. Nineteen nineties. In the time of chimpanzees, I was a monkey. Um, that's Loser by Beck, one of my go to karaoke songs. Uh, we agreed. This is Loser by Beck. I thought that was the easiest one out of all of them, but I could be wrong. I think that's a great song. Yeah. Depends on how big a fan you are of pop punk. Fair enough. <laughs> Second half of the 1990s. What's with these homies dissing my girl? Uh, Buddy Holly by Weezer. Also, another, uh, I have super been getting into Weezer lately. Like, all of, they're just an amazing band. And I love that song, and I love Weezer. So. Uh, this one, I think Matt knows where I'm going to be going with this. Uh, as we've said many times on the podcast before, we were in a cover band for three weeks called Vinny Barbarino's Dream Machine. And the only song we played consistently was Buddy Holly by Weezer, and that's what we're locking in with. <laughs> I would love to see that. <laughs> the band that made their own Roomba. That's Weezer with uh, Buddy Holly. In Arnold's on Happy Days, even. 2000s. I want to hold them like they do in Texas, please. Um, We have Lady Gaga Poker Face. Yes, we also said Poker Face. That is Lady Gaga with Poker Face. And the other earworm of the series is, am I more than you bargained for yet? This would be Sugar, We're Going Down. Uh, concur. Chicago Legends, Fallout Boy, Sugar Legends. We're Going Down. Yep, absolutely. I use it loosely. That's fine. 
named after. I'm going to remember them for centuries, Matt. So. <laughs> Named after Stop. Millhouse, that is Fallout Boy. <laughs> I like when they, I, I, I liked when Jimmy they exclusively Jellicker. switched their writing style for sports reels. <laughs> <laughs> after the swing round, it looks like uh, Team Rob Thomas, the tank engine, is going to be picking up 35 points, bringing their total to 85, or otherwise known as the year of my birth. And uh, Team Sir Topham, I'm not reading my own handwriting, Sir Topham Foghat. Picking up 50, bringing uh, our total to 120. Uh, so, Brooke and Paige, uh, real quick as we go into the second round here, because uh, this is a music-themed episode, if there was, like, one album, song, artist, whatever, you said you were getting into Weezer, but if you're like, this is me, and if you want to know me, then you have to listen to this band or, or album or whatever, what would it be? Um, well, I feel like by the name of our team, it's pretty obvious that Rob Thomas is, like, my man. Like, any any of his, any of Matt Fox 20 stuff, any of Rob Thomas's stuff, and all... all I feel like this is very common with a lot of artists and stuff, but I feel like the stuff that Rob's of Rob's that's on the radio most is like his least good stuff. Like this is how a heart breaks and lonely no more. Like they're okay. And I listen to them and I'll like, you know, but once you really, like, really get into his albums and like the, the, the ones that are like buried, those are the good ones. Like it's just all of his records. It's Rob. It's, it's Rob. Like the, the bare naked ladies. It's oh, right. I yeah. love the bare naked. And Paige, what have about you? Have you won three Junos? I don't think so. <laughs> I have, actually. Do you have a favorite one, Paige, other than Rob Thomas? Um, I do love Rob Thomas, but I also love um, Rainbow Kitten Surprise and um, Nako and the Medicine People. And, yeah, I love that great. song. Yes. That they, I lo- oh, yeah, they are great. These band names are so good. I've never heard their music before, yeah. but I love the names. I guess they're a little bit alternative, but um, you've definitely heard at least some of both mm. of their music. I love it. And I, since we're here, Anne, what do you think? My favorite band? What music represents you? Yeah, if you're like, oh. here's an album, this is me. I kind of gave team? it away on the last. It's Duran Duran is my, Ooh. that's, that's oh, nice. my realm. I'm actually, I just, they're coming to Tampa in June. And so I got tickets in Tampa and in Sunrise, Miami for, cause they're still touring 40 years later. And that's, that's my well, maybe... universe. <laughs> Maybe we'll go as a podcast because you saw Tears for Fears, Ken. You enjoyed it, but maybe oh, we'll go see great. Duran Duran. Yeah. Yes, please. Speaking of Duran Duran uh, and Hungry Like the Wolf, we're hungry for round two. So let's uh, let's go right into it, Ann. So similar to the first, I'm going to divide them up into categories again with multiple questions. And your first group of three is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So number one, we have had the question on triviality of the first and last band in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame alphabetically being ABBA and ZZ Top. But what bands are the second, first, and last? One is the ninth highest-selling artist in the United States, even though they hail from Australia. And the other had a 1964 hit with She's Not There and a 65 hit with Tell Her No. I'm, I'm locked in with both if you guys are good. Yeah, let's trust you. Okay. Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> All right, so they're locked in. Matt, uh, you just uh, talked about the first one being ACDC? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I did text you Warren Zevon. Uh, I believe he's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And He's from, Zini. yeah, he did Werewolves of London and stuff. When when Anne was saying she's not there, I was actually thinking of The Animals because I thought that was one of their songs. But that, you know, when you said ACDC, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm on the wrong end of the alphabet here. <laughs> We're looking at Zs. I don't think Zebra Head's in there yet. Uh, probably not making it. Um, 
Warren Zevon. I mean, you've seemed pretty confident, Matt. I don't know about what do you think, Jeff? That was just go the Matt? first, the first Z name I thought. Yeah, of. yeah. So ACDC and Warren Zevon. So I agree with these guys on uh, ACDC. Any idea on the uh, the second one, ladies? Literally, the only person I can think of is Ziggy Marley. So uh, Jeff Jeff said uh, the animals, which I think is close because they sound kind of similar, but I think it's zomb- the zombies. Oh, that's. That's right. Then the second, first, and last alphabetically one from Australia is ACDC. And she's not there. The 1964 hit was by The Zombies. And all, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is all kind of in the classic rock realm. So in 1997, your second question Who was the first American male artist to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame twice in the same evening for two separate groups? His first solo album released in 1970 earned gold and is the only album to feature both Jimi Hendrix and Eric Clapton. Who is the guitarist, bassist, keyboardist, lyricist who is co-lighting a co-headlining a Light Up the Blues autism fundraiser event in April with Neil Young? We started discussing over here and uh, our minds got to basketball and uh, Matt wanted to lock in with a famous Canadian basketball player. Yeah, I got that, Nash. Um <laughs> So they're they're going with with uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. Um, thinking about some of those people could be Nash. Uh, I thought maybe Bob Dylan. You could just go with Nash though, if you guys want to. Yeah, I think sure. that's a good idea. That sounds a solid guess. Yeah, mm-hmm. I will right, we'll go with Nash. We also went with Nash. You are in the right realm. So I see why you thought Eric Clapton, he's the only person to be inducted three different times with different bands. So that is like a trivia nugget. Um, this gentleman did play with Neil Young and Crosby Stills at Young and Nash, but it is Stephen Stills that checked all these uh. boxes. It's Stills. Number three. 1986 saw the first 10 male inductees into the Hall of Fame, including Buddy Holly, Chuck Berry, Sam Cooke, and what singer, born in Mississippi, whose first single, That's All Right, was played on Memphis Radio, launching a 20-year career in music and film. So I'm having trouble placing this. I know the song, That's All Right, Ooh, That's All Right. Do you know that one? Uh, Yeah, yeah. Who is that? Right, that's the <laughs> that's a good question. All right, we gotta we gotta tap out. We wrote uh, a bunch of names like Ray Charles, James Brown, Jerry Lee Lewis, but then we're like none of them worked in film. And then Matt, you're like, duh, this guy worked in film. Yeah, and from uh, Mississippi, uh, we said Elvis. Elvis Presley probably would have worked a lot longer than the twenty years too if it wasn't for the cheeseburgers. So that was the wrong. That, so that was the wrong song then. I think that's all right. right was a very lesser known. It was only played by D- local DJs in Memphis at a time, and then he went on and did a couple more songs before becoming uber famous. This the Elvis. A bit tricky because the obvious answer is the answer. It's Elvis. Okay. Nice job, Matt. So Baz Luhrmann mm-hmm. taught me nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Again. I was going to say. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Just taught me nothing about Shakespeare. <laughs> Nothing about uh, F. Cats. Scott Fitzgerald. Yeah. Nothing about sunscreen. Nothing about uh, <laughs> dance shows. Thanks a lot, Baz. Moving on from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. 
your next three categories will be in the musical medium of video or that thing that MTV doesn't play anymore. Your number one question in music videos, what band considered our tours of visual gimmickry using techniques with time-lapse, Rube Goldberg machines, optical illusions, dancing show dogs, anti-gravity planes, HP printers, and a Chevy Sonic have won multiple Webbies and United Kingdom Music Video Awards? All right, so we can talk out loud. These guys are locked in. What, what were your initial impressions? I thought Pink Floyd. She thought... Um, I, I don't know if I understood the question correctly, but I know that OK... I think it's OK Go makes like those really cool music videos. So I was thinking... Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I agree with you. OK Go is a good answer. Do you want to go with that? Yeah. OK, we'll do that. Their one in the Zero-G um, plane was dope. And uh, yeah, we said OK Go. And if I had pronounced the words, are tours of visual gimmickry correctly? Oh my, I still can't do it. It might have been easier, <laughs> but it was indeed. Okay, go. Okay, go. There you have all of their videos. Their music is pretty good. Their mu music videos are incredible. Okay, your second question in music videos. Gwen Verdon appeared in a 1969 episode of the Ed Z Sullivan Show and danced to a Bob Fosse choreographed number called Mexican Breakfast. It is now most famous for being the inspiration for what 2009 Video of the Year winner featuring the backup dancers of Ebony Williams and Ashley Everett and beautifully parodied on SNL by Andy Samberg and Justin Timberlake. We can lock in. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> I don't know. We we don't so know. I bet you I bet you would like this uh this music video so much that you might consider putting a ring on it. Oh my gosh, that's exact the photo shoot where they all were dressed up like women in mm -hmm. like Kim's bodysuits. Yeah. So that was uh huh? single ladies. Yes. Okay, cool. That's so funny. I didn't yeah. <laughs> Nice. Oh, these ladies are going for it in Mexican breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> we we agree. We think it is uh, Beyonce's single ladies. That is a wonderful skit also with Paul Rudd for uh, single ladies, parentheses, put a ring on it by Beyonce. The dance they do is an original 1960s dance by three very white women. Your number yes. three yes, song. Indeed. <laughs> The so this song's music video won a record nine MTV Video Music Awards, the best British video, and is number four on MTV's 100 Greatest Music Videos Ever Made. Part of the video was designed by Nick Park only a few, few years prior to his release of his first Wallace and Gromit short film. All right, so stuff that's jumping out to me is a British video and Wallace and Gromit, which would be Claymation. So I'm trying to think of a Claymation music video or something that's at least partially Claymation. If we just want to go animation, maybe Take On Me. Oh, but, oh that's, a, that's a good music video. But I'm thinking Claymation. I just can't. Yeah. I can't think I of just, any songs that go with a Claymation video. I feel like I may have seen them before, but I can't place a song to a video. Neil, have you ever seen uh, MTV's most controversial music videos? 
I, I must With Andrew have. WK as the host. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. Great, great special. Isn't Loved Closer it. number one? Mm-hmm. Uh, usually, it it was, uh, usually it was usually uh, was a delicately named uh, joint from The Prodigy. Mm. Um, oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. That was nice. <laughs> but, I uh, thought it was nice. Closer was... Closer was usually on there too, along with like Bjork. But uh, yeah, let's just go with Take On Me because I really can't think of a claymation, if that's okay. Yeah, no, that's a good guess. Uh, this was a video my dad really loved and would show me. Uh, I think it's by Peter Gabriel. Oh, your dad loves sure. the, the PG, right? Yeah, I think it's uh, Sledgehammer. Yes, I actually love Peter Gabriel as well. This is a fully claymation video. I think he laid on the floor for about 16 hours with glass over his face. And Nick Park is known for claymation in Wallace and Gromit. He did the turkey dancing scene as I uh, pasted into the chat. <laughs> that was Nick Park's claim to fame from the Sledgehammer video by Peter Gabriel. Do love uh, Wallace and Gromit. Um well, after so after that round there, the mini round, there's six questions. It looks like uh, Team Rob Thomas, the tank engine, picking up 30 more points, coming to 115. And uh, Team Sir Topham Foghat, I don't think that's right, is picking up. That's right. Oh, that's right. Okay. Picking up 40 more points, and we're at 160. It just sounds right. wrong. It does sound wrong. You're right. It's really hard to, to say. Final round of three questions will be in TV theme songs. So I made them in the style of before and after. I'm going to give you the lyrics from one TV theme mashed up with a different TV theme, and you have to give me both shows. So, for example, you're going to make it, after all, of them had hair like gold, like their mother is Mary Tyler Moore and the Brady Bunch mashed together. Does that make sense? Okay. Okay. If I read it better. The shows are not a before and after. Gotcha. Correct. And then you just the lyrics give me of the before and after, shows. not the shows. Yes. Yeah. Right, right. Sure. Okay. So number one, my life got flipped, turned upside down, the street, the same old thing we did last week. So I have the second one if you guys have the oh, first, I have first one. Yeah. Okay. So I think the second one is that 70s show. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. And then the first yeah. part was what? Fresh Prince. Yeah, we agree. Uh, we put Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and That 70s Show. Correct. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and That 70s Show. Well done. Number two. Then repeat to yourself, it's just a show, me that smile again. All right, uh, Brooke and Paige. I think the first part, repeat to yourself, is just a show, is Mystery Science Theater 3000. Um I- know what that is that sounds cool that. and i'm not sure about uh show me that yeah smile. because yeah because the the theme song is basically explaining the premise of the show and it's far-fetched so they said just don't don't worry about it i i don't i have no idea i mean we could just pick a random show so i guess uh we'll say uh golden girls that's so weird i thought the same thing golden girls let's do it that's not the right that- one for sure it's a great show that's about flying out to oh, some place or somewhere, right? Again. Yeah, exactly. Well. That's how it went. <laughs> totally. totally. <laughs> uh, so uh, Matt and I worked together on this one. So uh, first one, yeah, Mystery Science Theater 3000. And then Matt uh, knew the second one right away. And the second one was actually sung on The Mass Singer by Robin Thicke in honor of his father, Alan Thicke, who was on Growing Pains. Uh, so it's Growing Pains. 
the entire back of my laptop is mystery science theater. So the first part of that question is indeed um, just repeat to yourself. It's just a show. I should really just relax. And then show me that smile again. Ooh, show me that. That's growing pains. Growing pains. I uh, that's another earworm for me. I legit had growing pains stuck in my head for the last week and a half. <laughs> I think from time to time, as long as we got each other, sticks it, it just creeps into my head and I can't get it out. Number three in TV themes, all the little chicks with their crimson lips go where everybody knows their name. <laughs> I know the second one, but I don't like know it enough to get the words out of my mouth. You know, it's like in there. Yeah. I mean, like, well, there, there's a bar. There's a bar where everybody knows your name. Yeah. Underneath the seafood restaurant. Underneath if I remember the seafood right. restaurant. Pat, Patty's Pub. Called Cheers. Oh. Cheers. And then the first part was what? Was I, what? I have no idea. You tell us. The lady. <laughs> the Price is Right. Uh, Drew, yeah, Drew, uh, Drew Carey Show. Drew Carey Show? Yeah. I but loved the Drew Carey Show. A little bit before us, I think. Buzz so beer. we're gonna so we're gonna lock in with the Drew Carey show and Cheers. Yeah, we said the same. Us too. Yeah, all the little chicks with their crimson lips go Cleveland rocks. Cleveland rocks. That is the Drew Carey show and Cheers. Closes out your TV theme songs. At least able to check that off fun. a bunch of those. Final question in the second half is going to be in musical instruments. Back to textbook. The musical instrument gained popul this musical instrument gained popularity when it was mentioned in Canterbury Tales, but it has been depicted in art as early as 1000 BC. Its unique appearance makes it easy to distinguish because of its air reservoir and bass and tenor drones. All right, uh, Jeff had a suggestion based on the clue of the reservoir because uh, he's a big Tarantino fan, and uh, we're gonna lock in. Uh, what were you uh, two thinking so far? I don't know. You tell us first, then we'll tell you. <laughs> okay. Uh, if I'm thinking of an instrument with an air reservoir that you could squeeze the air out and produce yep. okay. multiple low and high tones simultaneously, I would think of the bagpipes. accordion. That's what we were. Yeah, yeah, that's what we were thinking. An accordion. Oh, that's a great thought. No, we accordion thought. too, but Squeeze I think box. I think bagpipes were probably invented first and yeah. probably mentioned in the Canterbury Tales. Yep. When you say drone, I think of bagpipes. So that's what we went with. It is a bagpipe. You can't ask two Drew Carey questions in a row. <laughs> yes, that's really what inspired me for was Drew, for Carey. Drew Carey theme game that's coming out next month. <laughs> Lay it on me, Drew Carey. <laughs> I can't imagine we would have very many people signing up for that one. If you're real, if you are a really big Drew Carey fan, reach out. I feel like I feel like everybody likes Drew Carey, but I don't know if anybody loves Drew Carey. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, he I love that Brooke was. Brooke was like, Barker. how do you do that? Mm. Yeah. Nobody can follow Bob. I Barker. did love Ryan Styles yeah, that's true. on that show. Ryan Styles is great. He he was great, uh, and I think as as Brooke said, uh, those shows are before my time, so <laughs> maybe there won't be that many <laughs> Drew Carey fans. Um, after the uh, second round here, it looks like Team Thomas the Tank Engine, uh, also named Rob Thomas, is picking up 30 extra points, bringing their total 145. And uh, Team Sir Topham Foghat is picking up uh, 40 more points, bringing their total to 200. So what are our final round categories, Anne? Your final five categories will be in 
the girl all the bad guys want, Phineas and Ferb. Here we go. Don't do it. 1985. Nope. Let's do it for Johnny. And finally, Uh of course, because it's a music episode, guys. It's Bowling for Soup. Uh, Knew it. I knew it was coming. And I feel bad because Brooke isn't caught up on the show, so she doesn't know the Bowling for Soup lore. She's like, what's going on? So both teams uh, have locked in their points, and both teams are going as all-in as possible. Uh, We're a little bit short, so we're going just 25 on 1985. But all of our points are on the line. Number one in the category of the girl all the bad guys want. Taylor Swift's mother wanted to give her a gender-neutral name in order to better help forge a business career. Her music-loving parents decided to name Taylor after what six-time Grammy award-winning singer and songwriter who she shared the stage with in 2011 at Madison Square Garden to close out her tour? Number two in Finn. So you're saying she's an industry plant? I don't believe it. <laughs> I know. So way to put pressure on me as a baby, mom and dad. Number two in Phineas and Ferb. The first episode of the Disney show Phineas and Ferb was remade into 2011 to a half hour musical episode, including the songs You're Going Down, Aren't You a Little Young, and Carpe Diem, while the main characters try to build what in their backyard? Number three in 1985. There were two songs to tie for the longest-running number one singles at only four weeks in 1985. One became the fastest-selling U.S. pop single in history, going quadruple platinum, and has everyone from Dan Aykroyd to Tito Jackson singing the chorus. The co-writer of this single wrote and sang the other hit of 1985 for the film White Knights, who was also hired to sing a version of this song for Homer on Mr. Burns's private jet. Number four in Let's Do It for Johnny. In music, male names starting with the letter J are used four times more often as we would expect based on the frequency of J names in the general population. Specifically, the most common name being Johnny. It's said in almost 40 or over 46 hit songs contain Johnny in the title. What Johnny song was made famous by Shelley Fabaris and covered by Patty Lynn in the same year? Number five, Bowling for Soup. The band's name is said to originate from Steve Martin's 1978 comedy album, Wild and Crazy Guy, where he talks about a game show called Bowling for Beep, which the band clearly swapped out a few letters. Steve Martin is an insanely gifted banjo player. He has been on tour and collaborated on two albums with What American Bluegrass Band that sound like Chip and Dale's Wilderness Side Hustle. Everybody shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Wheel! 
Cat and Jethro, Box of Oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the Box of Oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. Calling all kids in the car. Brittany and Meredith here from the chart-topping Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Are you dreading another silent car ride with the fam? We've got the cure. Three rounds of fresh trivia every single week. Movies, music, even science and Disney. We've got something for every trivia buff in the car. No more crickets chirping on those long journeys. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast is your secret weapon for connecting and laughing with kids of all ages, teens, toddlers, adults, it doesn't matter. Spark their curiosity and challenge their brains with every episode. New episodes drop weekly wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast and turn those car rides into epic adventures. The answers are now locked in. So let's have the questions one more time. See who takes the cream of the crop today. Number one, the girl all the bad guys want. Taylor Swift's mother wanted to give her a gender neutral name. So what six-time Grammy award-winning singer and songwriter did her parents name her after? A well-named category since she is known for dating some bad guys. Um, But uh, we said a good guy, James Taylor, for 30 points. Also one of her boyfriends or no? I don't think so. Okay. I mean, I think Carly Simon thought he was pretty vain, but... Uh, well, Allegedly. you and you and Matt knew this, so yeah, you you said what James Taylor, right? We did. We said James Taylor as well. He played with her at Madison Square Garden in 2011. That's James Taylor. Number two, in Phineas and Ferb, the first episode of the Disney show Phineas and Ferb was remade into a 2011 half-hour musical episode, while the main characters try and build what in their backyard. My children are a little bit young for Phineas and Ferb, and the only experience that I've had with it was in a dental office while my son was having two teeth extracted, and the dental hygienist turned on Phineas and Ferb and kept saying, watch the show, sweetie, just watch the show. And my son (laughs) took all the stuff away from his face and said, I don't want to watch the show. I want to stop having my teeth pulled. (laughs) I think he was building a roller coaster. But I was in, you know, a little bit of shock. So, <laughs> so we said roller coaster for thirty points. That's a great story. Um, yeah, we we weren't sure. I I used to babysit uh, some kids that always watched the show, and I couldn't remember. But for some reason, the image of them building a spaceship uh, was stuck in my head. So we said spaceship. And the first episode of Phineas and Ferb, which is an incredibly good show, it is really good. But they were building a roller coaster. Roller coaster oh, is correct. Nice. So you're welcome. Your, My your, one tra- <laughs> your trauma fruited an answer. Number three, 1985. Two songs tied for the longest running number one singles at only four weeks. One of them included Dan Aykroyd and Tito Jackson singing the chorus. And the other one had a parody version sing Homer aver- uh, on Mr. Burns' Primate Jet. What are these two songs? This one was a little rich for us, so we uh, we tapped out on it. Um, we lost 25 points. All right. Uh, we went all in for all the questions. So um, this one, we knew the first one was We Are the World, um, just because of the eclectic names that were involved. Um, and we thought the second song was a Lionel Richie song, but we didn't really know 
any of Lionel Richie's catalog. So, uh, Matt, what was the song we went with? Um, I don't remember. Hello, dancing on <laughs> uh, the ceiling. One of the yeah, favorites. one of them. Endless love. We just knew it was Lionel Richie. So we love. kind of that's, that's yeah. We, they're all wrong. Do you remember the scene on Mr. Burns' jet where Lionel Richie is hired to sing Homer a song, and Homer goes, "Say, say you, say me, but with beer." And he goes, "Hey you, beer me." So that's <laughs> the Lionel Richie song is "Say you, uh, say me." And the mm. U.S. pop single single featuring Dan Aykroyd in the chorus is "We Are the World." So those are the two eighty-five songs. Very close. You got you knew it was Lionel Richie. Yeah, it was either him or Michael Jackson. So yeah. Number four, let's do it for Johnny. In music, male names starting with the letter J are used four times more often, especially in the title of songs. What Johnny song was made famous by Shelley Fabris Fabris and covered by Patty Lynn in the same year? Uh, you you had this one also, Paige, so why don't you go ahead? I don't know if I have it, but I said Johnny well, and June, which is the only Johnny song that I can think of. Johnny and June. Yeah, this one we had we had no idea. Um we we hadn't heard those names before, so we just picked another cartoon that we thought was interesting. We said Johnny Bravo. Love that cartoon, but it's Johnny Angel. Johnny Angel. Johnny Angel. Mm-hmm. How it's not oh, a great that song. song. How I love you. It's it's pretty. That's pretty mm-hmm. lame. Now that you sing it, it, makes sense. Number five, Bowling for Soup. The band's name is said to originate from Steve Martin's 1978 comedy album, Wild and Crazy Guy. And he is a really good banjo player and has toured with an American bluegrass band that sound like Chip and Dale's Wilderness Side Hustle. What are they called? We took those uh, clues and uh, just kind of mixed them up and combined them, and we came up with Mountain Rangers. I think you've got part of it. Um, I've very famously flubbed uh, some Edie Brickell knowledge and then had to dig deep in Wikipedia a while back. Uh, I believe this is the Steep Canyon Rangers. It's, you were so close, Ken, but it's the Steep Canyon Rangers. It's, I wasn't going to get that it's kind tough. of detail. <laughs> it's tough. Some kind of Rangers. That's all you knew. Well, after the final round, both teams are, are going to be losing points, so it's just a matter of who's going to end up with the most. And it looks like Rob Thomas, the Tank Engine, uh, only losing 25 points which in the final, good. which is we very did, good. We did not. Uh, is ending with 120. And uh, our team, uh, Sir Topham Foghat, uh, is losing uh, 30 points, bringing our total to 170, making us today's cream of the crop. The cream of the crop. Nobody does it better. Good job, guys. Right. Good job. It was, it was a close game. I'm so. clapping to our opponents for, for being excellent competitors today. Yes. Yeah, yeah and thank you for choosing the, the music category because uh, those are some pretty tough questions, but they were fun. This is just so amazing to be a part of the show in general. So you guys are so awesome, and you make such just thank never you. stop making podcasts. Cause yeah, and we're, we're so happy to. to have you guys on, too. Oh, thank you for saying we're that. contractually um, obligated to make podcasts until the end of time. We're actually chained inside this room, so we can't leave. That's why it always smells. Um, uh, so, Brooke, let's start with you. Um, you chose the executive producer level to, to build your own game today, which was so much fun. Anyone you'd like to shout out or any anyone you'd like to say hello to before we uh, bid you adieu? Oh, man, so many people. <laughs> but I'll, a big one is my husband, Alex. He's he's my rock. He's my guy. And then our uh, two daughters, Anova and Aveline, they're little babies. So those are my... That's my number one peeps. 
Uh, we'll shout out to them uh, for sure. And Paige, uh, thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you had a great time. And how about you? Any shout outs for you? Um, thanks for having me. It's been lots of fun. Um, I'll do the same. My husband, Maury, and my four kids, Reese, Oliver, Harper, and Freya. Wonderful. Be- beautiful and cool names. All the names. The great names. Yeah. So they, they had a little trouble coming up with a team name, but they sure know how to name kids, though. I'll say yeah, that's that. That's true. Uh, well, thank you very much for joining us today. And Anne, um, always a pleasure to see you and hear you. Uh, and uh, the questions are always really great. Uh, anyone you'd like to shout out today? No, I just thank you so much for um, allowing me to come back on. This was a blast. And you guys always make me laugh a lot. So nothing I would rather do for a couple hours on my Sunday. But my shout out would be to my partner, Grant, who I'm going to force listen to this again. And so <laughs> thank you. Thank you for uh, how often I sneak off to a corner of the house writing trivia questions. And on that note, <laughs> um, to and play testing my questions all the time. But uh, shout out to all of my local trivia players at Descent Brewing down the street that should not be listening to this podcast because then they're cheating because I steal questions from this podcast all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, hopefully we can come play a game there uh, with you at some point and not know the questions. 70 degrees outside, guys. 70 degrees. (laughs) It is very attractive. Uh, It's Yeah, we would love that. Um, Speak for yourself. Well, yeah. Well, I would. Yeah, you wouldn't. (laughs) Perfect uh, well, geocaching weather. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, oh, yeah. All the geocachers that are now listening to the show, uh, you'll have to reach out to Brooke and you can form yes, some sort please. of union or something. I'm a geocaching buddy, so. <laughs> there you go. Uh, well, um, if you want to create your own game, just like Brooke did and, and she brought Paige along, you can uh, join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast. Uh, for as little as uh, $5 a month, you'll not only get uh, all the bonus audio content, you'll get the main episodes ad free uh and uh it's just a a great place that you can uh, meet some other people and create your own game like this if you're at the executive producer level uh and before we go we just wanted to say uh, a big thank you to our network airwavemedia.com you can go over there to check out a ton of great shows a lot of them uh, history trivia focused uh things such as uh, bro history uh ben franklin's world and uh, fan theory queries uh but you can check all those out at uh, airwavemedia.com Yeah, and in conjunction with Airwave, we are asking you once again to take our short listener questionnaire at surveymonkey.com slash r slash airwave or find the link in the episode notes. That's right, and a big thank you once again to Brooke and Paige and Anne and for Matt, Ken, and Jeff. My name is Neil, and that was Triviality. Triviality.